Let's turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. I know we had a reading from Deuteronomy 28, but we'll go there, uh, God willing. Um, but Ephesians chapter 1, I just want to look at one verse. I've been, I've been uh, speaking a lot in recent times, as you know, about national matters, you know, great matters of state and and, and, and the nation. And that's, that's my calling to do that. I've, I've had that on my license as a wee boy. Um, so I do tend to drift off into speaking about these weightier matters of, of the nation and God's moving in the land. I remember when I was at school, the first sermon I ever preached, I was about 15, 14, 15, around about that age, I think. Around about that age. Uh, maybe about 16, I don't know. Uh, I think 15. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, I was a Torah at school. I know that is very, very difficult for you all to believe that I was in any way a Torah. Um, but I was. And so uh, I was. I decided to put my name down for the... Every year they had a public speaking contest. And, uh, and I, that wasn't my scene. You know, I wasn't expecting, but I put my name down for it. And uh, what they didn't know, uh, because they, 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 you know, I was known as a Torah, was that I had got very uh, interested in the things of God. So the day I turned up, I actually preached on a wee track called What's Wrong With Britain. It used to be quite a popular wee track, and I preached on that, and I got three perfect tens, and I won the, I won the, the competition by preaching a sermon. And you could have heard a pin drop when it was finished. And unlike here at times, nobody fell asleep. <laughs> um, but that was my that was my first, and it was about the nation. What's wrong with Britain? And of course, I'm still preaching much the same message today. Because what was wrong with Britain back then? And well, I won't tell you how long ago that was. David's been up for discipline now. No, uh, what? What, what was wrong with Britain back then is what's wrong with Britain today, but it's a whole lot worse, amen? But we're, we're going to come off that a wee bit. Although what Davy read in, in Deuteronomy 28 was a, was a national message. That wasn't just to individuals, although it's applicable to us as individuals. But it applied to the nation of Israel, and it applied to any nation that wants to be blessed of God, amen? That you have to hearken diligently unto him, you have to keep his commandments and you have to go after him with all your heart. So that's true for Britain in 2021, uh, just as it was for Israel back then and any other nation. But I want us to look at something as the church, and, and, and by that as individuals, as Christians, as believers in Christ. And this, because this letter of Paul is written to us as Christians. So it's applicable to us as believers. And verse 3 is what I want us to look at. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Amen? That's not a promise. That's not a promise. What Davy read was a promise. That was a promise under the law, or under the condition of the law, 
to a nation or a group of people or people individually and corporately that they could be blessed if they hearkened diligently and obeyed. This is not a promise. This is God saying, you are already blessed. Amen? So a promise is me saying to you, uh, I've got a tenor for you and I'll give it to you before the end of the meeting. And, uh, let me just say, I'm not promising that to end you, okay? <laughs> but if I give you the channel and say that's yours, it's no longer a promise. So what I want to speak about today, and, and maybe we'll continue this as a theme, as a series, but it's this, you are already blessed. Now we look at that aspect or dimension of blessing being a promise. Let me put it another way. The things that were promised for blessing, some of which David read, that's the list of promises. The things that were promised are now yours. You don't even have to apprehend them. They already belong to you. I've used this analogy before that when you, you buy a computer, I've done it, and I know other people have done it, is that sometimes you want something for your computer. It might be like something like a microphone or a camera or something. So you go out and buy it because you think, I need that. And then maybe later on you discover it was already in your computer. Have you done that? I've done that. Bought things that you, you know, it's not always for a computer, but you may have bought something like you ladies may have bought something for the kitchen and not realise you already had it in an, in an appliance that you already owned. Amen? So, that's very common. But this is what I'm saying to you. When you look at this word of God, it's not a promise. It's a statement of truth. You have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing. In heavenly places in Christ. You know, um, I remember, and it was a, a person I met, uh, a guy called Robert Slearden, who's a famous American evangelist. And he had a book that was very famous. He, he, he was a, a boy preacher. And this happened to him when he, when he was very young. I think he was a boy when this happened. I Saw Heaven was the name of the book. And God took him to heaven. And he saw big, mass, massive warehouses in heaven. He said there were like big warehouse buildings. And he was taken inside and he was... Shown, I know it sounds crazy, but he was shown eyes, limbs, body parts. And the Lord said, and, and uh, it was told to him, these are things that God knew people would need in their life, and he's already prepared them for them, and we only have to appropriate them by faith. Amen? And, you know, whatever your need is, it might be financial. It might be a relationship need. It might be a physical healing need like we've just spoke about. But also salvation. In other words, every blessing it was possible for you to have, God has already blessed you with. And all it requires to get... It's like Argos. Uh, I remember preaching through Marvin Andrews' place, David, for Pastor Joe. And I didn't know he was going to be preaching that night. He says, you, you, you can preach tonight so I preached on 
The Bible is the Argus book of life, the Argus catalogue of life. Amen. If you can find it in your Argus catalogue, you can go to the store and get it. Because it's already there. Amen. If you can find your need in the, uh, supplied in this book, you can go to this book and you can go to the counter and say, and what's the currency though? Faith. Amen. But you can build your faith for blessings. See, everybody in this room tonight, or sorry, today, <laughs> just shows you where I am time-wise, everybody in this room today is in need of blessing in some area of life. Amen? If you're not in need of it, you can certainly use it. We could all be doing with being blessed. Now, some of us were blessed yesterday. Uh, by certain results. Football wise, am I right? <laughs> Obviously not Peter, but you know. We'll pray for Peter later. But there are blessings available, that's what I'm saying. Amen. Temporal blessings, blessings and things like that. You know, maybe you are blessed with a visit from your family. You know, there's all kinds of blessings. But it says here every spiritual all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, that, that makes sense about it's only spiritual blessings. But that simply means, this phrase simply means that it's already yours in the spiritual dimension of life. But you can bring it into this dimension of life by faith. That, that, you understand that? Heaven is the invisible realm. It's not visible to our natural eyes. But it's real. Amen. You can't see Jesus with your physical eyes right now, but you know he's in heaven. Amen. And you know he's in your heart. You can't see him there, but you know. What I want us to do, I want us all brothers and sisters to develop a consciousness that we are a blessed people. You know, that, that was an old Protestant reformed uh, idea because it used to be called uh, the reformers and the the covenanters and, and people like that would all speak about being the elect. Okay? We're part of the elect. In other words, God has chosen us. And what has God chosen us for? For blessing. For favour. To be his people uh, in the earth. And to demonstrate that we are. And if people see you, you know, see, if you say, well, but you go up to people and they say to you, you know, what, what are you doing uh, today? I'm going to church. I go every week. It's great. Do you want to come? No, no. It's, it's okay. Amen. There's a, there's a game on. Or I'm going to the supermarket. But if they see you're blessed, and they see that you're consistently blessed, and that you're highly favoured, and that you've always got a smile on your face. Um, I don't mean that, just actual smile. I mean, that you're always full of joy. If they see that you're blessed, that's when they'll want to come. Amen? That's when they'll be interested. And that's what, we're, that's what David read. We'll, we'll look at it now. But, but what I want to say to you is this, and, and maybe we'll, we'll touch on this further on, because we don't have a lot of time to cover everything about this. But really... And, and maybe I'll keep this part back for next week. That we are blessed 
with faithful Abraham. We are blessed because of the Abrahamic blessing. Now, what David read is part of the Abrahamic blessing. In fact, it's a detailed list of the blessings that we can expect as the, the people of, of God, the people of Abraham. Because the Bible tells us that we are blessed with faithful Abraham. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Amen? So we'll look at that, um, I think, next week. But let's go through these blessings David read out. Just a wee quick summary of them. It shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. To observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day. Now these are promises to old covenant people. They are their promises. But as I said, because we are in Christ, they are part of our hardwiring. They're part of our program. They're part of who we are in Christ. They're part of our identity. They're not promised to us. There are, there are things that belong to us that we can walk in and manifest in our lives. But we don't have to fulfill any conditions except one. Sorry. We don't have to fulfill any conditions except one. And that is to be conscious of them. To walk in the consciousness of them. The Bible says there, is, there remains a rest for the people of God. And we walk in that rest as we meditate these things. As we become conscious. You see, you're not going to walk in the blessings of God if all you do is watch EastEnders and Emmerdale and, and, and junk TV and read trashy novels and stuff like that. You're not going to walk in this. And, and it's not because, oh, well, you're not being obedient. It's because you're not walking in the consciousness of them. If you get the bus every day because you forget you've got a car in the driveway, whose fault is that? You've already got the car. Amen. But you, oh, I forgot I, had a, I forgot I had a car. Yeah? I mean, people do stuff like that. But if you forget these blessings that are yours and you don't experience them, but oh, life's tough, life's hard, it's not because God made it tough for you. It's not even because the devil did. It's because you didn't walk in the consciousness. So the only thing you have to do is walk in the And sometimes that takes a bit of grit. Amen. You have to be determined. I'm going to walk in this. So when we read these things, understand they're written as a promise to the old covenant people of God in Israel. But these are realities for us that we can walk in simply by saying, Lord, I believe these blessings are mine and I choose to walk in them. That the Lord thy God will set thee high above all nations of the earth. Now again, going back to the national message, as I would call it. Remember when Britain was a nation that hearkened diligently unto the voice of the Lord our God to observe and do all his commands. But we walked as an obedient nation. I was teaching on that the other night. I've been teaching that in Bible college. Obedient nations. God wants obedient nations. God deals with individuals, but he also deals with nations. We've neglected that part. But the promise to a nation and to a people. And that's why Britain ruled the waves. Britannia ruled the waves. Not because we were superior to other peoples. Not because we were 
uh, you know, we had we had more strength or economic. We did have those things, but the reason we had them was because we were blessed. And the reason we were blessed was because we were an obedient nation. And God's still looking for that, in a sense, today, for people to say, that's available to us. So we will be a people that go after God. And not after vanity and futility. So we're no longer high above all nations of the earth because we're not a people who are consumed with the consciousness of the God of the Bible. And that's sad. And sadly, as we look around the nations, few are, am I right? But I believe God wants to change all that. And, and it, it doesn't begin by, you know, necessarily at, at, at the level of government. It begins in your heart and mine. Because God blesses his remnant people. He blesses his own. Amen. And you and I are his own. Okay. All these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. Are blessings coming upon you today and overtaking you? Maybe in some parts of life you could say yes, in other parts you think, oh no. But all these blessings, not some, not well, if you get a third, you're doing well. Or if you get a family blessing, you're doing well. But don't expect blessing in health, don't expect blessing in finances or relationships. Brothers and sisters, all these blessings, that's what we just read about. Every blessing, all the blessings are in heavenly places in Christ. If you are a Christian and you've got Jesus in your heart, you're blessed with all these blessings. If they're not shown up, then we'll show you how to make them show up. Amen? That's, that's what you come to church to learn. That's what you uh, read books and read your book to learn is so that these blessings can come out of here and into your life. And that is the greatest evangelistic thing of all because that's, people will be drawn to you. Why did people follow Jesus? Multitudes. Because they saw there's something about this man. Capital M. He's blessed beyond measure. And he dispenses blessing wherever he goes. And you and I are called to do the same. All these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. We said blessings today are not conditional but they're not conditional in the, in the way that they were in the Old Testament. In other words, they're not based on you and I obeying the law. But we still need to hearken to the voice, the word of God. Amen. We still need to be people who are sold out to Jesus in our lives. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field or in the country. Amen. Um, and I know a lot you come from the city. And some of you come from the, the sticks, the blantyre. <laughs> uh, but you know, you're welcome. Uh, but well, it doesn't matter where you come from, that's what he's saying. You'll be blessed in the city and you'll be blessed in the country. Amen. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful that, well, I don't have to keep the law to get that. I just have to believe that I receive. Amen. Because the one who kept the law paid the price for my sin. And, and in fact, we will look at it before we go and we'll, we'll amplify 
uh, next week before we, before we finish. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. That means your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. You can go before God today and it's not, oh Lord, please bless my children. It's, thank you Lord, my children are blessed. Faith receives. It doesn't beg. And the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your kind and the flocks of your sheep. Now, I know that there's not many farmers here. Amen? So what, what you can say is, blessed is my job, blessed is my income, blessed is my business, blessed is everything I do. Amen? Blessed shall be your basket and your store. Well, that's your bank accounts, isn't it? Or your cupboards in the house. Blessed shall be your basket and your store. In other words, wherever you, you need provisions, God will bless that so that you never run short. And that also can include your, uh, your bank account. Amen. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. Now, here's a good way to do this, right? Get a doorway like that, and walk through the door and go unblessed, and walk back in and go unblessed. Amen? Because whether you go out the door or you come in, in other words, wherever you go, you'll be blessed. And I want to know that when I go over the threshold of my house, I'm blessed going out. But I also want to know I'm blessed coming back in. Wonderful truth. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. If you've got enemies, God will smite them before your face. The sad truth is, you say, oh, we shouldn't have enemies. Well, Jesus did. And he killed them. You're going to have enemies just by making a stand. It's not whether or not you're going to have enemies. If you don't have enemies, you're a people pleaser. Amen? But you can't please enough people because some people won't like you because you're a people pleaser. The point is, God deals with your enemies. And that means you don't have to get into bickering and fighting and bitterness and all that. Just say, I'll leave them in God's hands. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. God will scatter them, in other words. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses. There it is again. Not only are you blessed, he's commanded the blessing. Now that says a promise, the Lord shall do it. And you can say, because you're in the new covenant, God has commanded the blessing upon my storehouses. Walk into your cupboards or your larders, your fridges, and say, the Lord commands the blessing here. Sometimes when I open the fridges, if there's old food in it and it's stinky, you ever had a stinky fridge? Horrible. That's maybe because I haven't been speaking the blessing enough. But it's really because people don't throw it out at a certain time, and I'm not naming any names. But if you've got old food that's older than you in your fridge, but I'm, I'm being funny, but the blessing is in our storehouses. Amen? Speak the blessing. And that, that again, that can include your bank accounts. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. That's your house. That's where you live. The Lord shall establish thee in holy people unto himself as he hath sworn unto thee. Isn't that wonderful? That we... We are called to be a holy people. Isn't that great? That, to me, that's, that's a blessing right there. To be holy is to be blessed. 
If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. You know, we're not under law anymore, but we do have to walk in his ways. And we do have to keep the commandment of love, don't we? Love one another. Yeah, I don't think you can break that commandment and be blessed, really. The blessing still belongs to you, but it's choked. You can choke the blessings by being somebody who doesn't walk in love. That's a whole different sermon there, a whole, a whole sermon. All people of the earth shall see that thou are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. You know, God will put the fear of you upon people. Because, and look what it says. Because you're called by the name of the Lord. They'll see that on you. They'll see the blessing in your life. And they'll be scared. And it's not a bad fear. Not a, not, not a fear that's horrible. It's a good fear because it means that they will respect you. I remember a time when the people of God were respected and feared. Especially ministers. Not so now. Uh, the Lord shall make you plenteous in goods and the fruit of your body, the fruit of your cattle, the fruit of your ground, and the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. Then it says, The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heavens to give the rain unto thy land in the season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. You won't borrow money, you'll be a lender. And here in the new covenant, you won't lend people money, you'll just bless them. Amen. You know, someone comes to you and says, you know, and by the way, it's a, good, it's a good way to get rid of people who are always borrowing money. Trust me, I've done it. I've known people always wanting to borrow money. And the best way to stop it happening is to say, I'm not going to lend you money. I'm going to give you, say, £100. I'll give, they never come back. So there's a wee strategy for you. They'll always come back if they owe you the money. But when you get, and really as New Covenant Christians, we shouldn't be, you know, looking to, because the servant, uh, the, the borrower is servant to the lender. Am I right? So the Bible says. We don't want people to be, oh, well, I can't go near him. I can't go near her because I owe them money. We don't want that, do we? So we need to be givers. Amen, amen. That's another message again. But what it means is God will turn it around that you won't be the one borrowing all the time. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above all me and thou shalt not be beneath. Oh, how we need that in Britain today. That the people of God be on top and be the ones that are being consulted and have the dominion that God has purposed us to have rather than being, oh, well, just shut those churches down. They don't mean anything anyway. It's all those loonies. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I commanded this day to observe and to do them, you will not go say as many of the words to go after other gods to serve them. Well, I, I want to introduce this next week, but I, th I feel it's important here to do this. Okay, So I'm going to just read from Galatians chapter 3 very briefly, and we will exegete it, which is a posh way of saying we will preach it and teach it next week. Galatians chapter 3. And here it is, okay? Let's look at a couple of verses here and then we'll close with this. But we'll go into it in great detail next week. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. 
When you didn't obey the law, none of these blessings could work in your life. Because there was a curse attached to breaking the law. And every person in this room has broken the law many times. Some more spectacularly than others. But it makes no difference. You break one wee part of the law, you're a lawbreaker and you're cursed for it. But Jesus took that curse of lawbreaking. Why did he do it? Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham, which you've just read about, might come on the nations or the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The things that were promised there are now ours to avail ourselves of by faith. In other words, we don't say, Oh Lord, I was a good person last week. I gave to Oxfam. I didn't shout at that uh, guy that cut across me in traffic. We don't list our righteous deeds to the Lord. We just say, thank you. Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. And I receive these blessings now by faith. Amen. We'll look at that next week. But it's so important to understand that Jesus died to get all these blessings we've read on uh, Deuteronomy 28 and other places. Many, many of them. That's not the complete list at all. To get these blessings on us. And, and that's the purpose of God. That they would come upon us and overtake us. And we should be seeing more of them manifesting in our lives. Amen? Isn't that good preaching? Amen. Thank you, Lord. So let's leave that this week and we will come back to it next week. Praise God.